He lives. His spirit lives within us. Amen? His spirit is inside of us. The Bible says that there is one that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. You know, Bill was saying that it's just too much to comprehend. And yet it's just so simple at the same time. And, and the thought occurs to me that the creator of the universe, the, the very creator, made a plan that I, his child, could be reconciled made right with Him, even though my sin has separated us. So why would the Creator of all, of all that we see and beyond what we see be mindful of, of me, a sinner? Why? I don't understand. The psalmist said, Who am I that God is mindful of me? I'm, I'm a nobody I'm dirty, I'm a sinner, I don't, I don't deserve it. And yet, he calls me his child. He gave me that right, the Bible says, to be called his child. For those that believe, that's the qualifying thing. You got to believe. Believe in, well, I believe in faith, I believe in religion, I believe in this. I believe, I believe in a lot of things. Well, do, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that He came and He lived a sinless life and that He died on a cross carrying the weight of my sin and yours? Do you believe that He rose again on the third day and sealed it all Sealed my salvation forever. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. That's what's been done for you and for me. Why? Because, because we don't deserve it. But in Romans it says that God demonstrates His love for us in this. This. And it follows with that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. You know, uh, and that goes on to say, well, somebody might die for a good man, maybe, maybe. For a righteous man, somebody maybe more might die, maybe. But for a sinner? Who would die for a sinner? Who would do that? Christ Jesus. Because of his great love for us. That is why. And so, think about this. Think about this. No amount of your sin can keep you away from the love of the Father. And the Bible goes on, and it lists a whole bunch of different things. You can't go too high to escape the love of the Father. You can't go too low. I've been watching Shark Week all this week. 
Anybody else? Some of the depths of the sea. We're just finding out now with these machines that can go way down, you know? No demons can separate us from the love of the Father. Light, darkness, none of this stuff. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of the Father. So get it out of your head, okay? Get it out of your head that I've gone too far. Okay? I've gone beyond the grace of God. That doesn't exist. There is no place that goes beyond the grace of God. Nowhere. God's love is that great for you. That there's no place that you can go to outrun his love. It doesn't matter what your past is or your present. Because God loves you more than your sin can ever please you. There's nothing that we can do to outrun or out... We can't out-sin the love of God. How about that? Okay? Does that mean that there's, we go out and we try to sin? No, no, that's not it at all. But we can't out-sin the grace of God. And because we sin, even... I'm a, I'm a pastor, and I try really hard to follow and obey God. Many of you are with me, and together as a family, we try really hard to obey God's laws. And yet we still daily fall on our faces in sin. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags before the holiness of God. So the best that we could ever be as Christians, as good, God-fearing, obeying Christians, it's not even close to coming close to measuring up to God's holiness. God's grace, God's love is more than we could ever do to separate ourselves from God. God's love and God's grace is deep and it's wide. Hallelujah. The power, you may have seen our sign this morning, the power of God's presence changes everything. It changes everything. God gave me a song a week or so ago. I want to share it with you sometime soon here. Uh, but it talks about that very thing. God's presence. The power of God's presence. When God is there, there is power. There's not religion. It's not church. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. And that power changes Everything. Our relationship with, with our Savior affects everything in our lives. Everything. It affects the way that we conduct our business. Maybe, our, maybe we're self-employed. It, it affects the way that we run our business. Or should I qualify that statement by saying should? (laughs) Right? 
It should affect the way that we treat our customers. Okay? It should affect the way that we do our tax returns. Ooh, hey! Easy, buddy. Stepping on my toes here. Am I right? It should affect the way that we fill out our tax returns. Okay? As if he was standing right there making sure that we're honest. Our relationship with Christ, our Lord and our Savior, should affect the way that we treat others, our friends and our enemies. Eh? Our relationship with Christ affects everything. It affects our appearance. It affects the way that we dress. should affect the way that we allow movies and TV shows to enter our minds. Music, books, and literature, all of it. Relationship with Christ should affect what we allow to enter our minds. Are you with me? Because God knows there's a whole bunch of junk out there that doesn't mean that you just sit through all the commercials. All right, there's, can I just tell you something that irritates me to no end? I'll be watching a TV show, and a commercial will come on where there's naked people running around in the wilderness. Okay? Naked and afraid. Is advertised on the that I'm watching, it's not even the same station. Okay? It irritates me. And I gotta run and jump and grab the remote so my family, my eye, my I don't take that stuff in. I don't I don't want it in. Our relationship with Christ affects everything. It affects what we spend our money on. Where at one time Certain things were important. Now, priorities have changed. Agreed? It should affect the way, it should affect our marriages. It should affect our marriages. The way that we treat our spouses. Unfortunately, a lot of times, it doesn't. Because... Statistics will show that Christian marriages experience divorce almost equally as often as those who are not Christian. Isn't that a shame? That's difficult. But our relationship with Christ should affect every, par- every part of our existence, our marriages. It should affect how we raise our children. We're passing on things that are important to us even though we were to say nothing. Because our kids, if we say to them, church is important, I want you to go to church, I want, our, I want, to, I want you to be raised in the ways of God. And if we don't go to church, what is that saying? Well, dad, mom, it's really not that important, is it? Right? 
they notice. They notice what's important by what we spend our time on, what we spend our money on, and so on. Our relationship with Christ should affect what comes out of our mouth. That's tough, isn't it? Boy, that's tough. Taming the tongue, as the Bible calls it, boy, that's so That is really difficult. The Bible says that the tongue, <laughs> what is set on fire by hell itself, and it would seem so. Taming that tongue, mm, that's tough for all of us. It should affect the way that we perform our jobs. Maybe we work for someone. It should, our relationship with Christ should affect how we do our job, how we perform our duties. If people come after us, are they going to say, man, Russ, what are you doing? You've been spending all t- too much time on your phone <laughs> instead of doing your job. Look at all the stuff you missed. Okay? Do you want somebody coming after you that has to redo your job? And you call yourself a Christian? You follow me? Or do you do your job as unto the Lord, not unto your boss? Or what about this? What about this? When your boss is away, you work one way, and when your boss is near you, you work another way. We all see it. Maybe you work with someone like that. Our relationship with Christ should affect, are you ready for this? Everybody be seated, sitting down here. Should affect how we respond to all sorts of adversity. Okay? Our relationship with Christ should affect how we respond to all sorts of adversity. I'm just going to name a few. Rejection. How we respond to rejection. How we respond to temptation. How we respond to persecution. How we respond to death. Do we have hope? How we respond to physical ailments and the like. Physical problems. Many of us here, within the sound of my voice, have physical ailments. And it's tough. And it's tough every single day. Our relationship with Christ should affect how we respond to imbeciles on the highway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even that. Even that. Road rage is not mentioned in the Bible specifically, I don't think. Uh, yeah, gotta love it. It should affect the way that we practice or we play our instrument or our sports or whatever it is that we're really into and that we try to excel at and so on. Are you with me? Our lives should be a mirror, if you will, of our master. We, our lives, should reflect Jesus Christ our Savior.
2 Corinthians 6.14. Would you turn there with me? I love the Word of God. Have I told you that? I love the Word of God. It's everything that I need to live. 2 Corinthians 6.14. I'll race you there. Some of you are there already. Okay. All right, it says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or, it goes on further, what fellowship can light have with darkness? Okay? So, do we really reflect the one that we say is our Savior? I hope that this is hitting home to somebody else other than me. (laughs) You know? What fellowship can light have with darkness? Or how do righteousness, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? They're two different ends of the spectrum, are they not? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Do you see the difference? How we are and how we should be. Turn with me to James chapter 3, verse 11. I think somebody forgot to turn the air conditioners on this morning. (laughs) Now listen to this. This is regarding taming the tongue. All right. I'm going to go back a little bit farther than... I'm going to start in verse 6. It says, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. What comes out of our mouths should reflect our master. Friends, We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need the blood of Jesus. Oh, difficult stuff. Difficult stuff. I'm just going to keep reading here. I didn't have all this down, but all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed. Again, Shark Week. And have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. How many of you know that you can't take your words back? Husbands and wives, have you ever had a disagreement and you said some things that you shouldn't have? And then later on, you feel like the biggest loser. The biggest loser. And there's nothing you can do to take back the hurt that you heaped on your spouse or maybe maybe even more so on your children you can't get that back you know that's tough 
the tongue, the mouth, what comes out of our mouths is just so difficult to control. But we need the help of our Savior. With the tongue, in verse 9, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce water. Ouch. Ouch. That hurts. Our lives should be reflecting the one that we serve. Our work, our jobs, everything that we do should be affected by the one that we represent. The one whose name is stamped on our hearts in ownership of us. You follow me? Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Regarding our work ethic or how we're mirroring or reflecting our Lord and Savior through our work. In verse 23, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. And I know that I didn't have this on the notes either, but I'm just going to continue. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Not men. Amen? Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7, it's nearly the same thing. It says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will re- reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is a slave or free. God notices People notice. Because of all of these things, in Matthew 5, chapter, th- or Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, turn there with me if you would. A little bit of a workout today, keep you moving. Get you knowing your Bibles here a little bit. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Now, there are times that the Word of God is difficult for me to understand. I don't know about you guys. And this was one of the things that was difficult for me to just grasp what was being said about the whole thing, you know. And, and, well, salt is used... To make things tasty. Salt is used as a preservative, right? And while camping a few years back, we had purchased some small containers of salt and pepper. We left them with our camping supplies. And the next year we came back and went to use them. There was no taste to that salt at all. It lost its saltiness. It was good for nothing. 
And so what did I do? Threw it away. Exactly what the Word of God says. It, was good. it wasn't good for taste. It wasn't good for preservation. It was good for nothing. The Bible says we are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world, in verse 14. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Friends, that's what it's all about. Not living our lives to please somebody else, no. Living our lives to reflect the Master, the one in whom we are representing. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are his ambassadors, the Bible says. We represent him wherever we go, like it or not. And so it says in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We don't do this so that people will say, oh, you're such a good person. You have such a giving heart. You're such a tender personality. You never respond with anger. No, no. <laughs> no. Okay? As if we all did that. However, we are to do these things so that when people see us doing obedience, when people see us acting in accordance with the word of God, not being hypocrites, when people see us living our lives the best we can for Christ Jesus, the one, in, the one we represent, they're going to say, friends, there is a real Christian. And they're going to glorify God because of that, because of what you've done. Okay? The world can see if you are living your life truly for Christ. And they can tell if you're faking it. Because they can, they can see that from a mile away. Hypocrites, they're everywhere. That doesn't mean that we have to be perfect. That's a different story. That's not it at all, okay? But there's a difference between claiming to be holier than thou, so to speak. I am a Christian, and, and it's not, sometimes we, we kind of look down on other people because they're not a Christian, right? Well, you do this or you do that, so I'm better than you. I don't do those things. That's not it, man. That's not it at all. We're judging them at that point. All right? But there is a difference when you recognize your sin and you're humble about it and you say, my friend, that's why I need Jesus. So do you. You see the difference? There's no pride. There's no pride. Humility. Speaking the truth in love. That wins people. And that shows people that you are the real deal. When you show love to somebody that's showing hatred or anger towards you, that's reflecting Christ the Lord. People notice that. 
When you help people when you don't have to, people notice that. When you give to people when you don't have to, people notice it. When you're humble, when you make mistakes, people pick up on it. And they can see whether or not you're the real deal. Friends, let your light shine before men that they may see it and glorify our Father that is in heaven. Our lives should reflect the one that we represent. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I, I want to just take a few moments here, if Bill would come to the keyboard here. I want to give you an opportunity because... You know what? Frankly, we all fail in this area. The Bible says in Romans that we have all sinned and what? Fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We're all guilty before God. But hallelujah. Hallelujah for the cross. One, maybe something like this. I can pretty much guarantee you it wasn't that pretty. I imagine there was blood stains all over that thing. Nail marks. I imagine it was pretty ugly and rugged looking. Jesus endured that very thing. Would you stand with me today? Jesus endured that very thing for you and me. So that because of our sin, we didn't have to be forever separated from Christ. Because of what Jesus did. We are once again made perfect, if you will, before God. When he looks at us, he sees the blood of his precious son. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible says, If anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new... Oh, man. How many of you are thankful that because of the blood of Christ, you are made new again? You want to talk about a second chance? Man, that is it. That is it, friends. <laughs> a second chance because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross. And that makes us clean again and makes us complete in Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we sing the song, would you just make your way forward and lay down your sin before God? Confess your sin before God. Tell him how much you need him. Thank him for what he's done for you. Would you join me in taking this moment before the Lord? Come as we sing. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you take every moment I'm awake Lord have your way in me Lord I give you my heart give you my soul I live for you alone
I'm awake Lord have your way in me just join our hearts together this morning and those of you that are in your seats if you want to reach your hands out and to the Lord or to the towards the people here in support of them let's just pray together today Heavenly Father we just come before you Lord we recognize our sin we know that we fall short of what you expect of us and Lord we publicly that we are sorry for our sin forgive us Lord And as it says in your word that if we confess our sin, that you are faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. Forgive us, Lord Jesus. Help us to reflect you. Help us, Lord, to represent you. And thank you. Thank you, thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross. That we can still stand before you clean. Clean. 